Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast, and yet another episode of our new favorite series, Letterboxd Recap, where we go over what we've been watching through Letterboxd, as well as rating the top four movies of five fans. James, how was your movie-watching week? Well, I only have four, but they're all four bangers, because we did a bit of traveling. We We were in Denver for a podcast convention with Spotify, which a lot of you already know, so I only got four watches in, but I'm sure that didn't stop you from having, like, nine I have eight. Eight. <laughs> but yeah, we had three days where we couldn't watch a movie at all. So. Yeah, and plus when we got back, I was just exhausted, and we had to catch up on work, so we were like filmed an episode, and they just had yeah. to edit. And- yeah, we flew in and then filmed an episode. So I think there was like a four-day period where I didn't watch a movie. No, I watched one on the plane. So you're making excuses is what you're doing. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. I'm making a ton of excuses as to why I only have four watches. <laughs> but hey, they better be good ones. No, they're nothing but bangers, I bro. Hope so. nothing I hope so. I certainly hope so. But let's Deuce, get into Deuce Bigelow's not a banger, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, European gigolo, all right? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now, let's get into reviewing five of our fans' letterbox top four. Now, if you haven't done this yet with us, we read out four, five letterbox favorites from, from fans, and we review them. All you have to do if you want to participate is send us a DM of... The screenshot of your letterbox, and we'll add it to the list, which is like over 100, so patience. We have 120 right now. We'll get to them. We get we get a few every day. Yeah, it's we, great. We do five so a So many entrants. And we'll read your letterbox top four. Now, let's start it off today with, uh, I hope I'm saying your name right. It's T-I-J-N. I hope it's Tin. I hope. Nah, you canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, bud. Tain. <laughs> now. We got Rogue One, Star oh, nice. Wars story. You must be really excited about the creator then on, on coming out. The creator month. looks sick. Yeah. And then Seven, one of my all-time favorites. Hell, I actually just posted our full review yes. in episode of Seven on Twitter yesterday, so that's such a weird coincidence, and I adore that movie. It's one of my most watched movies. Top 30 favorite for me. I showed it to an ex, and she was thoroughly disturbed and asked me why I wanted to show her that. <laughs> It's because she loves murder podcasts, so I was like, I thought no, she'd like No, that's the thing. It. A lot of people love the murder and true crime podcast. They don't like the murder and true crime movies. They don't visually, like seeing They it. don't like to visually see it yeah. or feel it. They just like to listen to it while they're on their commute to work <laughs> where they feel safe. I was like, it's perfect for you. You're going to love it. She was like, I feel sick. <laughs> I was like, shit. That's a good sign, though. That means it's a really good movie. Absolutely. Then we got Tenet. Then we got The Batman. Oh, amazing. Amazing list. And then he's watched recently Taxi Driver, five stars, and then Heat, five stars. I agree with those ratings. I also agree with those ratings of five stars. I'd give them ten stars out of five if I could. <laughs> what, Taxi Driver? Both of them. <laughs> and Heat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next up, we got Logan Cameron. What's up, Logan? Logan. Logan's top four is, in no order, he says, Prisoners. Love that. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Whiplash. Perfection. It is a perfect movie. John Wick 3, Parabellum. Uh, that's, that's your favorite, not right? Not my favorite, but I, I think John Wick 3 is like the second best. John mm-hmm. Wick the original, but like I think 3 is slept on. Yeah, stop sleeping on 3, You need to stop sleeping on it. Get Everybody's up. sleeping on it! Sleeping on John Wick stop 3, Stop sleeping! Wake up! Wake up, world! Anthony is coming in hot now. <laughs> and then the original Scream. Amazing. Best Scream. It's the best Scream. One, of, one the of the best slashers so- ever. Yeah, one of the best ever. What a, what a list. What a list. Next up, we got Alex, Alex Russell. We got a bookend right here. 
Scream the original. No way. Yeah. That's so back to back. Crazy. Scream. What are the chances? Not very high. The odds are one in sixteen billion. Maybe sixteen billion. I w I'm not a mathematician. But I am. It could be. You know how easy this is for me. <laughs> I have to come joke. in and watch you fuck this up. <laughs> cool hunting. Then we got perfect blue. Love it. They're doing a cinematic re-release in a couple weeks. Oh, fun. Yeah. We should go see it. In September. Ghost in the Shell, the animated. Nice. Yes, make sure it's the animated, not the live action. I love the movie. It's good. It's really, really good. I can see why people really gravitate to it. And then Leon. Leon the Professional. Excellent stuff. What a pick. Or Leon, as they call it in Europe. But we call it Leon the Professional in North America. It's because of the metric system. The metric system. <laughs> you don't know what the fuck Leon is. <laughs> Sick reference, bro. And then Alex just watched Old Boy, Taxi Driver, Shrek 2, and Into the Spider-Verse. Nice. Banger, banger, banger. I'm sure you saw Old Boy in theaters. I hope it was an incredible experience. Fantastic. All right, next up, <clears throat> we got Jane. Jane's top four is very interesting. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which, which I love. Which one? The American version? American, Picture, yeah. Nice. I love that movie. Then another Prisoners. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I know what kind of movies Jane likes. <laughs> Murder Mystery. <laughs> Investigation. <laughs> and then, I mean, you could say that Villeneuve and Fincher are so similar as filmmakers. They've loved... They were until Denis got into massive sci-fi. I would love to see Fincher do sci-fi. Because Fincher, I mean, he did Alien Cubed, so that was sci-fi. That was his first movie, I though. know, but he, he still did it. Yeah, but I would like to see him do sci-fi now. I think I would like to see him do, like, a, a space movie. Something in space again. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, he just fucking loves people who murder people. Serial, he loves serial killers. <laughs> did a show about it and everything, but I think he's got he's such a great filmmaker. But it's interesting. They, they have similar tones in some of their movies, They have similar sure. tendencies. Yeah. yeah, I think so. That's a, that's a good comparison. Then The Sound of Metal. Which what a I great love. movie. Awesome movie. And then Tangled. <laughs> I love that. Tangled is great. <laughs> you see who Disney wants for, for Tangled? Rapunzel? For Rapunzel? Uh, Florence? Yeah. That's who I would cast too. And then, um, or, or Millie uh, Alcock. Was that her name? Millie? Yeah. From, from, yeah, from House, of the Dragon. House of Dragon. Yeah. I think she'd be a good Rapunzel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, great top four, Jane. That Jane RR. Excellent top four. Right. Top four. Next up, we got... Bar Barry or Bartholomew. We got Everything Ever All at Once. Nice. Palm Springs. Nice. Which is a really good Groundhog Day movie. Yeah. It's very funny, and I think it was a really smart script. There have been a couple of good ones in the last, like, five and ten, ten years. Happy Death yeah. Day is another great one as yeah, well. Yeah, it's on Hulu, I think, if I remember correctly. But I remember I watched it last year, and I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, this is actually very charming. Then we got, ready for this? Game Night. Oh, Yeah! Let's go! Bartholomew! James, James loves you now. How is that profitable for Frito-Lay? <laughs> <laughs> one for three. <laughs> three for one. Oh, is it three for one? Yeah. <laughs> and then we got Zodiac! Oh, yeah. So many procedural investigations on here. Yeah, well, people love murder mysteries, bro. Zodiac is so good. I might have to throw it in my top four when I change my top four this month. And then Bartholomew's watched. Oh, Bartholomew's been on a Mission Impossible marathon. Rogue Nation, Ghost Protocol, and Fallout, and Across the Spider-Verse. Nice. Speaking of investigation movies, did you see my... I made a tweet yesterday where I said, who is the best investigator in cinema history? And I did a photo of Downey as Sherlock. I did Somerset from Seven. 
I did Clarice Starling, and then I did Ace Ventura. Because <laughs> those four are like the best. <laughs> Ace Ventura. Ace always solves He's the, excellent. He always solves the cases. He solved the murder in the in the apartment when they were all confused with this sliding door. He always solves the cases. He does always succeed, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Always. Well, I mean, he's only had two cases. The bird in the opening. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, he solved that one. Yeah. <laughs> the puppy with the UPS. <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes ever. Oh, my God. It's when he's, when he's arriving to the apartment in the UPS uniform with the box, and he keeps smashing it into things. And <laughs> you hear the crunching. <laughs> he's like, sounds broken. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you should probably fill out this form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he shakes it. He's like, shh. <laughs> All right, that was Shooby our doobie. that Shooby was our doobie uh, doobies. our five entrants for top four ratings. Thank you everyone for submitting those. Those were fun, great movie selections. And again, if you want to have us rate your top four on the podcast, DM us on our Instagram a screenshot of your letterbox top four, and we'll add you to the list. We just broke fourteen thousand on Instagram, organic baby, all oh, yeah. organic. That is not we don't easy. pay for a single thing. It's not easy to grow an Instagram account these days. It from is scratch. tough. It's tough. There's just an ocean of content out there. Yeah. But thanks for everyone who follows us there. It's so cool. Yeah, I love it. How about we get into our movies we watched this week, Anthony? How about we, the typical Anthony does two, I do one, since you Sounds got good. eight and I have four. <laughs> now we finished off last week. I watched Alien was my last watch. What was your last watch? Uh, my last two were I had Badlands and Before Sunset on the same day. Okay. It's an interesting double feature. <laughs> Romance. <laughs> one involves murder. One doesn't. <laughs> All right, first movie I watched this week. I was just curious about it, and I love Russell Crowe. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. I could watch him do anything, and I love horror movies, and I love exorcism movies, so I watched The Pope's Exorcist. I knew it wasn't going to be great, but I think everybody's a little too harsh on this movie. I actually enjoyed it. It has a lot of cliches in the opening act, especially like... The thing, horror movie writers, they need to come up with different kinds of archetypes for teenagers because it's the same thing every time. You know, it's the uh, the teenage girl who always has her headphones on and hates her mom, and then there's a teenage boy who's, like, really weird. Like, every time. That's everybody, Anthony. <laughs> Shut up. Um, no, I, I absolutely agree. Every t I love so many modern horror movies, but I, I completely the agree. The character archetypes, it's, it's just so cut, easy. It's just cut and paste. And it's like, they don't have to be like, why can't it just be like a, a good family? I'll tell you why. Because studio oversight. And they have to hit, oh, we need the beats. How about you make the girl like angsty and hate her mom and like, you know, she's troubled. And, yeah. she, well, there's also, and then the boy's just like, what if you make him like super creepy because boys are still creepy? But it's not, no, it's not just that, but there's this thing with, with writing stories, people tend to... Our, my character needs to be flawed, and my character needs to be in their lowest point to start the movie so that we can carry on from there. It also helps the audience empathize with them. But I get that, but it's been a thousand times with these kinds of characters. And for me, if the movie had better characters, it would have been really good, honestly. Just normal people. Yeah. Can we get normal people in a movie for Non-existent. <laughs> that being said, once he got rolling, it was just like a, a very fun exorcism movie. It was very fun. Um, some good scares. Russell Crowe is fantastic. He's he he gave it his all. You can tell like the, the whatever you want to say about the guy. He, he when he's in a movie, he really puts in the work. And he actually spoke a lot of Italian in this movie. Like I would say about uh, maybe half of his dialogue was Italian. Well, and, I, I want to watch it just for that now. Yeah, he did a pretty good job. And then I wrote I gave it three and a half stars again because like everybody's giving this two stars and one and a half stars. It's like it's not that bad. It's like I get it. It's just the same thing. But like it's just. You know what you're getting with an exorcism movie 
and like I just like walking into movies without being too cynical. And yeah. I once it got rolling, I enjoyed it. I, I liked the second half of this movie a lot. And so I gave three and a half stars, and I wrote, I wrote, sometimes watching Russell Crowe ride a Vespa is all you need. That's great. You know, going back to the teenage characters, and speaking of exorcism movies, the original, I mean, not the original, but the great Exorcist, the best exorcism movie, one of the best horror movies of all time, Reagan's just a normal kid. Yeah. Normal, happy kid. Yes. Happy life, normal life. Mom is a celebrity, obviously, but they have a pretty normal living, you know. And she, the, and they love each yeah, other. Yeah. They don't get along completely, but I mean, that's that's just life. Yeah. And then is in this movie, it's like the, another dead parents, car crash. Like, oh my god, how many horror movies have had a kid with a dead parent who died in a car crash? My god, it's more powerful when the ki- everyone's just got a normal that's life the because thing. then the drastic yeah. shift of what happens. So it's- the problem with the Pope's Exorcist is that once the horror started happening. You didn't really care because you never liked the characters, <laughs> and they never felt like a family that loved each other. Because so, you love Reagan and her yeah, mom, they're so sweet. They have a great bond, yeah. Um, and they have a, a few very nice scenes in the first act of the film. So when when she's taken over, you're like, oh my god, this is horrible. But in this yeah. film, when the kids get possessed, you're like, they were fucking shits anyway. So who cares? <laughs> and like, they didn't even like their mom. So so you don't feel that with uh, modern horror movies sometimes when it's just always just like fighting and like. And so if that movie had been like. You know, just a normal family, and they mo- they move into this new house, and then shit happens. Then you're like, oh my god, this beautiful family is getting destroyed. Then it would make you really feel the tragedy. But unfortunately, um, it's just modern horror. Oftentimes, us is a great example. Normal yeah. family, us happy is a great, family, perfect example. Their life gets flipped upside down yes, with horror. Exactly, and it's so much more powerful because it's just they're just a family. It's not they like, like each other. And they the car, actually yeah. enjoy each other's company. Yeah, they're like getting along. I know it's so weird to see. Families get along in movies. <laughs> it's so rare. It's so rare. I th- oh, my God. I think it's a lot of studio oversight, man. I think people would be shocked how much studios are like, no, can you change this to that? Well, uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. These days. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What's your other watch? My next watch is The Outsiders, Francis Ford Coppola's film from 1983. Nice. I gave it four stars. I hadn't watched it since I was very young, like teenager, and I guess say it's, it didn't hold up quite as well, and it wasn't as amazing as I remembered. It's still very good, and there's some excellent filmmaking and some really cool editing and cinematography. Music slaps, uh, I, but the cast is, uh, I mean, outstanding. 
I mean, it's it's just an incredible cast. You get Emilio Estevez, Swayze, Tom Cruise, uh, Rob Lowe, C. Thomas Howell. I mean, just um, Ralph Macchio. So many great actors. Um, you said Tom, right? Yeah, Tom's in it. And Diane yeah, Lane. You, so you said Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. All right. Just double check it. Yeah, he's the second guy I said. Jeez, Louise. And Diane Lane, um, who I've always had a crush on. <laughs> <laughs> She's really she's fucking pretty. Man of Steel. She's still she's gorgeous. <laughs> um, but the movie is just very melodramatic and a little too melodramatic. And it feels like kind of like a TV movie and a little dated sometimes. That being said, it's still, I mean, it's, it's very cool. It's a very cool movie. But I would say it's not as great as I remembered it was. And you gave it four? Four stars. That's a good rating, though. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to me finally. <laughs> James is like, I want to talk. My first movie was on the plane on our flight to Denver. I read a, I read on the way back instead, but I, I flew. I didn't know you could read. <laughs> when, I, when we flew there, I, re- I watched Training Day. Delta has, I'm just going to say, a baller selection of movies. They might have the best entertainment system they in do, terms yeah. of selection for movies. They have a ton. They have like three, 400 really good movies on there. It's kind of hard to pick. But I stumbled upon Training Day because I love this movie. We did an episode on it like a year and a half ago, and I haven't seen it since. And I was like, we going in the office, baby. We going, <laughs> we going to Training Day. And this movie is incredible. Five stars. Antoine Fuqua, still his best. Denzel won an Oscar for this. Ethan Hawke is incredible as the supporting cast member to Denzel in this film. Well, actually, who was the lead in this movie? Denzel won for best leading actor. Oh yeah, he won leading actor. But Ethan Hawke's terrific, and I know Matt Damon almost got this role. But you know, we've all seen it. It's about this this rookie cop who's trying to enter this crime unit to become detective eventually one day to rise up the ranks in LAPD. And it's his first day training with a lead detective played by Denzel Washington, Alonzo Mourning. And this entire movie is just one day. I think that's one of the best parts of it. It opens and ends morning at night. And it's a great juxtaposition of what happens with, in terms of Ethan Hawke leaving his house and then coming home with listening to the radio broadcast of what happened that day. Because at the end of the day, all this corruption, all this crime, which is rampant not only in L.A., but also in the police force and those with power and the judiciary system, the judicial, judicial, judicial system. You got it. No matter what happens, you can't make a difference. You really can't change things. And we learn that at the end of the film because Alonzo Mourning... Passed Alonzo away. Harris. I mean, is it? Is it? Why am I saying morning? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for the, you to the stop so I could correct you. <laughs> the athlete. I'm thinking, <laughs> is that why you're laughing? Yeah. Uh, Called him Alonzo Morning three times. <laughs> I'm like, what the? I'm fuck? thinking of the athlete. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Alonzo Morning? He was. Um, he's a. Uh, what was he? What team was he on? Hold on. Alonzo what a sport? Mo- he's a basketball player. He was on the Heat for a while. In the Bulls. Mm-hmm. No, the Heat. Sorry, Alonzo Harris. My bad. <laughs> and I think it's a it's a tragedy. And like I said, you can't change anything because by the end of the film, Ethan Hawke's character thinks he can change things, but he can't. At the end of the day, he can't make a difference. And he's learned that. He almost dies, smokes crack cocaine. It's the worst day of his life. <laughs> Hell of a day. And at the end of the day, what happens? Uh, police detective Alonzo Harris died in a high-threat warrant search. Whatever they say, survived by wife and four sons, meaning that nothing's going to change. But it's so well made. 
It's so creative. It's a great movie. The production value is absurd. There's some incredible shots, high yeah. production value shots, where Antoine is taking the camera like off a highway, freeway, craning it down to a train that's passing by, and then to the car that's pulling up to the street, which is insane. That's a really difficult shot to do in time. I'm honest. I'm so shocked that he didn't get nominated for Best Director. It's so well made. It's really, what really well executed. The film. soundtrack's incredible. Yeah. It's really great. It's yeah. such a great Los Angeles movie. Great pick, man. I, I saw you watching it. You were in the road ahead of me, and I, I actually was watching some of it. So what are we going to the office? <laughs> we in the office, baby. <laughs> I was just like leading in the middle seat, just like watching you through the crack ahead of you. That's <laughs> how so good it is. Yeah, I remember after after the plane landed, you like said a quote to me about yeah. trading. Like, what are you watching? Like, me watching? I was like, we in the office. <laughs> we in the office. I watched. I watched the outsiders on that plane. <laughs> in both your hands, you got two pockets. Reach in those pockets and pay the tab. <laughs> All right, next up, I watched The Ninth Gate. No way! Yeah, way, way. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> Starring Johnny Depp. Um, it's on HBO Max. I just was looking for something to watch, and I saw the poster for it. So I was like, fuck it, yeah. I haven't Let's watched go. this in a few Let's years. Go. It's a really solid horror film, investigation film. Johnny Depp uh, is really great in it. Um, Frank Langella is fantastic as well. I love the filmmaking. I love, uh, yeah. I guess I watched a lot of, I watched back to back demon movies, almost. That's a good time, man. It's a good weekend. Yeah, but it's it's a really cool score too. It's very very interesting. But I love, I love ancient history and myths and how they can be woven into modern contemporary storytelling in ways like this. And I just I just like movies like this. It's just a fun. Like, feel-good movie for me. Feel-good movie. <laughs> Heaven and Hell, Angels and Demons. Yeah. It's sexy, and yeah. I, I miss that kind of concept. We don't really get it very often anymore. Because I wouldn't say, like, the exorcism movies count, but, uh, but like, the uh, Heaven versus Hell, Satan versus God as a motif in a movie and a storytelling device, it always it works so well in a lot of movies. It doesn't always work, but it does. It can work well if it's, it's done. This is a great example. Yeah. It, it, it's got such a good ending. It's, it's underrated. So yeah, it's up. got a fantastic ending. It's underrated. It's a 3.1 on Letterboxd. That's insane. I think it's almost get, under a three. Yeah, I gave it a four star rating. It's just very good. It's not um, obviously not top tier in his career, but it's still up there for like extremely well made. It's a personal favorite of mine from his. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Chinatown is my fave. But I really Repulsion, bro. Repulsion's excellence. Yeah, Repulsion. Yeah, it's an excellent movie. All right. uh, Is that two for you? No, it's not. That's one. Then I watched The Apartment. So it just got added onto Amazon Prime. This is a five-star movie for me. And it's got an excellent rating. It's got a 4.4 on on Letterboxd and then 8.3 on IMDb. It's a Billy Wilder film came out in 1960. Oh, so I gave it five stars and wrote brilliant script, sensational acting, and pitch-perfect directing from Billy Wilder. Jack Lemmon is utterly fantastic. Um, this movie's about this guy named C.C. Baxter who works in a huge office building. Um, he's just like another cog in the machine on the floor of, he just is an insurance, he works at an insurance company. He just all day types up paperwork and he's trying to rise up the ranks and try to become somebody. And a way he's done that is that he's been loaning out his apartment to several of the execs for them to have their extramarital affairs affairs in his apartment. And so there's these guys, they're all execs, there's four of them, and they use his apartment to sleep with women. And unfortunately, it's already made his life difficult where whenever he wants to go home and relax, usually like he'll cut like it opens, he goes to walk home, the apartment lights are on, so that means one of the guys is in there with one of his ladies and 
And also he has like this calendar, the schedule of like, oh, um, this guy has it booked on Wednesday and he has it booked on Friday. And, and like he uses, he's basically has to work around their lives of sleeping with other women because he wants to rise up the ranks. And so it's made his, but it's made his life very difficult. And actually it gets worse because it gets to the point where he has to do whatever these men want because he, he's desperate to rise up. And so he's put himself in a terrible situation of powerlessness where they're abusing their power over him. They're taking advantage of him um, ex extremely and he can do nothing about it. And eventually he falls for a woman, but things take a dramatic turn and he kind of is in the, he's about to ruin his life because of this whole set of circumstances he put himself into. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's a really great script and Jack Lemmon plays C.C. Baxter, and he carries the film. He's great with comedy and the drama. It's a very tragic film, too. It's about a guy who just, he's just trying to make something of himself, but he's just in this, in this he's dug himself into a pit, and he's just trying to crawl out of it, basically. But it's so, so good and extremely funny. I've always wanted to watch that. I'm adding it to my watch list right now. Yeah, you should watch it. It's great. Got to get on that. All right, my next watch. <laughs> <laughs> Was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire because keeping you know, the marathon going, keeping the marathon, going. but out, the out of order marathon. <laughs> it's just like whatever I feel like. <laughs> um, <laughs> now this I've always said is my bottom of the list when it comes to Harry Potter movies or bottom two, and I know that ruffles a lot of feathers. Yeah, I disagree with you, with our yeah. listeners. And I gave it four and a half stars. You know, so you it's hate still it. an excellent, excellent <laughs> nine out of ten. Movie. Hate it. I just think you take away the Voldemort scene at the end. And it kind of, the rest of the film isn't completely there. The fucking dragon fight. It's cool. It's gr I love the dragon fight. But it's a, it's a two and a half hour movie. And mm. I think some of it's a little, little cheesy here and there. I will say the when the other schools arrive and do they do the dancing, singing routines. I was yeah, like, like stuff like that, that takes me, takes out, me out, of out of it. I'm like, this is not at all what it's like in the books. And I know not everything's like it is in the books, but it's a little it's cheese. Not like the books. It's a little cheese. <laughs> Constantine. <laughs> it's not like it is in yeah, the books. Yeah, it's not like the books. It's not like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not, not like the book. Chess, chess, Kramer asshole. Chess. <laughs> but it's still awesome. It's still great. I think it has. Again, I think from a production standpoint, that's why I rank it so low. It's not the best made of all of them. The score is I the weakest. I think the score is the weakest. weakest the score. production value. I love Patrick Doyle, but it's, he fucked up. The production, he didn't fuck it up. It's just a tough movie to make. I mean, especially if you're not. And it's the follow-up of John Williams. And it's like, the follow-up of Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. So it's a, it's a tough movie to make. It's a huge book, huge story. 800 pages they're trying to put into two and a half hours. I get that. I understand it. And Come. Yes, <laughs> but it has great moments, of course, and I love the Harry Potter world, so I, I have no problem. I love it, just because I have it lowest. i got to rate it somewhere, so it's bottom two for me. And it's excellent when, when Voldemort comes to life. It's just a, on a different level. It's phenomenal to finally get Ray Fiennes cast as Voldemort. We were all curious who was going to play the character, and it was incredible. And, you know... Especially the maze, though. That's where I get a the little. The maze is the worst. I get a little upset about part. the maze. I mean, Half Blood Prince has some poor adaptation points as well, like at Hogwarts. But I think the maze was a huge, huge missed opportunity. It I was feel, such an exciting part of the book, and it was just. It, it could have been a lot longer. Yeah. It, it could have been more exciting, and it just ended up just being like The Shining, walking around a maze for the most part, with Crumb being on the, under Crumb. the Imperious Curse. Crumb. 
but still great and great elements of teen angst and uh, friends fighting and then getting back together and love and relationships and being nervous and not being afraid to talk to girls. It, which does, is so it funny. does have the best hair. It has the most ridiculous hair. Everyone's just got out of nowhere just really long hair. You slayed dragons. <laughs> if you can't get a date, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> but it's still excellent. I still love it. But four and a half stars. Four and a half. Goblet of Fire. But it's great. Also, we got our pats, bro. Yeah, our pats is great, Cedric. And it's a lot of fun. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. Have you ever seen that video of behind the scenes where Pattinson couldn't remember Emma Watson's name? Really? So they're on. They're in like one of the office, one of the production offices, and they're both in wardrobe, probably like getting ready to film um, later that day. And Emma Watson's confronting him, and people are all around laughing and filming it. She's like, "What's my name, Rob?" <laughs> he, he's like, "You're um, you're that one." She's like, she's like, "How do you not know my name? Come on, you know my name." He's like, I'm "Famous." He's like, "You're, you know, you're, 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 you're the girl." <laughs> it's so funny. I res- that dude, that's pretty funny because that shows Pattinson like he doesn't, doesn't give, give a fuck. fuck. He doesn't about care anything. about celebrities yeah. or anything like that. My God, so, he so got a funny. job. He's like, "All right, cool, I'll do it." <laughs> He's like, you're the very famous one. <laughs> it's hilarious. You Probably like up. smoked a bowl before or something. <laughs> it's really funny. All right, next up. I watched The Red Shoes at Vidiot's in their theater in Eagle Rock. They I have, was going to go. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay, I man. I got invited to a pool party. I'm it's like, a, it's pool party in Calabasas. I'm going, man. Such an L.A. thing. <laughs> I chose The Red Shoes for my afternoon. Vidiot's is a local video store rental House, house as, <laughs> as well as as well as a theater, and it's a pretty big theater. They have, I gotta say, two fifty, two hundred fifty seats probably. So it's a a very nice theater. Um, high quality projection. They do both film and um, digital projection. This one was digital, but it looked fantastic. Sounded very good too, and it was almost a packed house. Like the thing with the red shoes is the fans are fervent. Like they are super fans of the movie. And a bunch of people were dressed up in sh- in dresses. Oh wow! Yeah, and and it's and a, red shoes. I didn't see any red shoes, no. But there were some people in dresses, and there I was sitting next to two girls dressed in dresses. Um, but it's a cult classic, and the fans that love it are very devoted to it. And you could tell because during the film, the film is very funny, but you could tell people were fucking cracking up constantly uh, because they're just like little inside jokes. And then one of the characters, um, the director of the ballet of the of the opera. He's a very eccentric, very stylish, but very ridiculous man. And he's like a cult classic of like a favorite character. And everybody's cracking up every time he had one of his new outfits on. Because it is, it is quite ridiculous, but they captured him perfectly. I love the film. I think it's one of the best shot films of all time. Beautiful Technicolor, large format. Um, it's an ex- exceptional example of production and lighting, costuming, production design. But halfway through the film... There is the 40-minute ballet sequence uh, that the first half of the film leads up to, and it is just some of the most breathtaking cinema ever put on film, still to this day, and it looks extraordinary, and it's unbelievable, surrealist, beautiful set design, and just an incredible use of matte paintings that makes the world seem so much bigger, and it's just a magical film. It's, it's wonderful. I, I really love the film, and I gave it... Five stars, obviously, and I wrote, finally saw this on the big screen in a theater, and it was nothing short of sensational. And uh, someone commented, Justin Queso wrote, you guys cannot stop raving about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about it a lot. <laughs> but I was glad to see it on the big screen. 
And then uh, do you have your, your trilogy that you did next? Yes. All right, cool. So we'll get to that. We'll just do all three in a row. That, that's cool. My next watch was on Thursday, which was – what date was that? Hold on. Let me check. August 24th. And on that day, Dune Part 2 got pushed to March 2024. So I was a little depressed. And <laughs> I appreciate everyone checking in on me. I got like five DMs. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you people, really? People were joking like, hey, just thinking about you today, man. <laughs> 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 because it's, it's pretty funny because I've been rereading Dune for like the seventh time this, this month as well as the day that it got delayed. We had just gotten back from Denver that day. And I found out from an Instagram, someone sent me a DM, like, and I was like, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? And then, <coughs> excuse me. Also, in the mail, my <coughs> Dune 4K. Sorry, I'm allergic to your bullshit. My <laughs> Dune 4K. What bullshit? That's nothing. My, my Dune 4K Blu ray came in the mail. So all this happened on the same day, and I was just bummed. It's so, a miracle you're, you're still alive. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to jump off a bridge. Hey, man. <laughs> Tough weekend. They they put big fences up on those bridges these days, <laughs> so it was disappointing. But to feel better about it, I watched Dune. I just put it on. I feel like that would be more tormenting than no. I feel had better. to just to it, it made me feel better <laughs> just to be in the world <laughs> to to remind myself that it's it's coming. You're gonna see it. That's but what she said. This is it's gonna be five <laughs> months later, and I still think, man, I still think March is a bullshit date. I don't think it's gonna come out in March. No, I agree. I agree. I think they're gonna keep pushing it. But um, someone texted us that King Kong and Kong and Godzilla Kong, they push it to April. So it has if Dune comes out on the fourteenth, it does have an empty week after it. That's also Warner Brothers, right? Yeah. Well, well, Legendary and and Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Still though, I mean, we talked about you this don't in, want to do back to back movies. We, of your we big talked temples. about this in movie news. And I'll just bring it up again. Where Dune was going to have six weeks by itself in IMAX from November to December. That is a money making machine. If we if Oppenheimer proved it, yeah. absolutely. Like, I I think it would have made so much money, and I think it's just a huge missed opportunity. Big L. I think it's a huge L for Warner Brothers. Big L. They take nothing but L's the last two years, man. All of them. Nothing but L's. However, Except I will say Paramount's not taking L's with Blue Beetle. They finally made a new superhero movie where the superhero fucks in the first movie. So I was pretty happy about that in Blue Beetle. <laughs> they didn't show up, but you know it was going to happen. He was, was going to end up naked with her like, oh, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the movie. <laughs> Your tweet I meant to tell you, they whoever posted that video that you quote tweeted, they got copyright infringement. Yeah, but keep it up, though. No, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I know, it's too so, bad. It's too bad. It was a funny tweet. It was a, it was a great tweet. It was a great, great tweet. <laughs> but, of course, I gave Dune five stars. It's astounding production. One of my... I put in my 100 greatest movies of all time. I put it at like 98, I think, when we did our lists. And, you know, I adore it. You what all know. Po- what poster did you choose? I did it. It's Muad'Dib going up the... Up a, up a dune. Up a oh, hill. gotcha. Yeah. They don't have a ton he's of... Like he's like running. He's running. Is he running? Yeah, he's running. Looks like he's just standing there. No, he's r- close up. Zoom in on it. He's, he's literally sprinting. I can't... He, you can't zoom in on someone else's poster. See, look. He's running. Let me see this. He's running away from a shot. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's running towards us. Running towards us away yeah. from. See, so, yeah. When you when you're looking at someone else's poster choice, when you click on the poster, it goes. Oh, yeah, it can't... goes to the one that you have. Gotcha. Selected. I so see. you can't you can't see Compete it too close. But yeah, I can't believe that movie came out 2021. It feels like so long ago. All right, let's do your next as a trilogy. Let's just talk about all three. Also, um, your Harry Potter Goblet of Fire poster is great. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's right before Voldemort touches Harry's. Like, I can touch you. Mine's better. Um, 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Such a subtle dig. Hey, great Look, poster, but mine's way better. Let me see. Hold on, let me pull my glasses. It's the mermaids. Mer people, Anthony. Mer people. Mer people. <laughs> That's nice. It's nice. Nice. <laughs> 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 my god it even has a watermark <laughs> I can't believe he prefers Anthony's to mine <laughs> I love that people do get all of our references it makes me feel happy yes um, I made a tw- I made a tweet today and oh, what was it someone commented impressive very nice <laughs> <laughs> that's bone <laughs> All right, getting on to my last three movies. So I watched eight movies this week. It was a slow week because of the traveling. So I watched, because we're going to do an episode on it next week, the Before Trilogy. So Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. I gave them all five stars. I watched it all in one sitting. After our, We did a fantasy draft on Discord, and then I watched the trilogy back to back to back. Because they're actually... It's the, they're pretty short movies. They're an hour and a half tops, and then Sunset's only 80 minutes, so you can burn through them really quickly. Sunset is literally like you're getting coffee with a friend. Yeah, That's I how quick it is. <laughs> and so I gave them all five, five stars, and so my review for Before Sunrise was Perfection. My review for Before Sunset was Perfection Part 2. <laughs> and then Before Midnight, my review was Perfection Part 3. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to talk too much about them because we're going to do a full episode for Monday. Uh, I can't wait. It's something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time because it is a perfect trilogy. If I was going to put make a trilogy list, this is probably in the top three all-time of movie trilogies, in my opinion. They're all just sensational films. Really, just it makes you feel like you know these people, like they're real, like you're friends of theirs. And it's just incredible to watch their relationship evolve and watch life evolve and life and time go on. You know, Linklater also did this with Boyhood, um, The Passage of Time of 10 Years with the Family. And seeing this with a couple, it's just incredible. And Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy are wonderful together. Such great on-screen chemistry. And the writing is its so true to life. And Like, there's a dinner scene and before... The lunch scene and before midnight when they're having lunch with the friends in Greece. And I kept wanting to, like... I had that... You know, like, when you're in a group setting and you're with, like, a bunch of people and then you're like, oh, I want to add something to the conversation. So you're like... You wait for your chance, and then you add, then you start talking. I had that feeling watching this scene. Like, I just want to, I want to interject, and I want to add a, a little sound bite. It feels so real. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm so curious how they went into the process of writing it. I, I wonder if they just had a bunch of conversations and recorded it and kind of came up with the things that worked so well. I could tell you. Okay. So, the three of them, Delpy and Ethan Hawke especially. So, after the first film, Linklater was credited, but they actually did help write yeah. uh, Hawke and Delpy. And then they are all three co-credited as the writers of the next two films and they were Oscar nominated for Sunset. So what it is is Hawk and Delpy and Linklater they'll just keep journals over years and write down ideas of conversations of cool lines and and then they reunite for like a month and then they write the script together putting in all these nuggets that they kept saving and then they they iron out the the conversations for dialogue that way. I love it because it feels so real. Yeah. And it feels just like a conversation that you have with somebody if you're hanging out with them, and especially yeah. before sunset because, you know, it's the one where they reunite by chance in a lot of ways. And 
it's just like a, a two, an hour and a half of just walking and talking with somebody or sitting at a cafe and talking with somebody. It's just those kinds of conversations. You don't know where it's going to go. It leads to random things, and you're kind of holding back the real conversation you want to have until the end. It's really great. And they're on pace to make the fourth one if they do. I hope they do. Well, 2022 should have been the year for nine years. That's the tradition. That's what I mean. But they said that they got together and they couldn't come up with a good enough idea to compete and to be able to be like, it's good enough for us to do it. So the thing is, like, maybe they can do another one, but in like 20 years when they're old. Yeah, because they obviously before sunrise is 1995, before sunset is 2004, before midnight is 2013, and it's 2023 now. So we'll see. I bet they, I bet you they're cooking something. I bet you they have ideas. I bet you, but it might take a little while. I think that if they're going to do another one, it should be when they're very old. Before dawn. Or dusk. Either one. I love it. All right. I actually had a favorite. I've always had a favorite of the three, but then after watching them again last night, I actually have a new favorite. We'll save it for the episode. Yeah, I will tell you. So I'll if I know what Monday. Anthony's favorite is from the trilogy. I'm sure well, everybody's dying to know. I'm, I'm sure they are. <laughs> I have a favorite too. Of course. But let's get to my final watch of the night, of the day, of Letterboxd Week. So I actually edited the Martin Scorsese movie draft that we posted Yesterday, it's an awesome episode. Make sure if you haven't voted yet, who has the best movie team out of the Scorsese? Let's see draft. what it is at right now between me and Anthony. James Go- voted for himself, so I voted for myself. Fuck yeah, I voted for myself. <laughs> Go on Spotify and you can vote to see who has the best team. And so it's actually pretty close. It's James is fifty one percent, and I'm at forty eight percent. Oh yeah, there's still six days to go. Oh though. yeah, six days to go. Exactly. So you still have time to vote. Now I edited it, which meant I did a lot of research. Um, like looking up photos for these movies of Scorsese's career and hearing us talk about Goodfellas and Taxi Driver. And I was craving watching a Martin movie after editing this entire episode and after filming it. So I put on Goodfellas. Man, it's. Maybe the thirtieth time I've watched it, still holds up, still amazing. We've done an episode on. It. I feel like we should revisit it soon because that was back in the day, back in like twenty twenty. I think that episode came out. I feel like we should do figure out some kind of idea to talk about Goodfellas again because it's that good. I took it with my first pick in the draft, and I had the number one pick. So first round, first pick went to Goodfellas, and I adore it, man. I know that movie so well. September twenty twenty. That was a long time yeah. ago. We should definitely revisit Goodfellas for sure. Because there's so much to talk about still, and I love it. It's so great, so entertaining. We only did an hour ten on it. I know. The music, the characters. It's my favorite Scorsese movie. It's highly, highly rewatchable. I've shown Goodfellas to, I think, three people for their first time seeing it, and they all were blown away. They couldn't believe how good it was and how they hadn't seen it yet, and also they all put in like their top ten favorite movies of all time. And I think that's just – it's a movie that transcends – Age, demographic, everywhere, everything. Transcends space and time. It does. It really. It's it's literally <laughs> love and interstellar. That's departed. You could. Cooper should have been transmitting Goodfellas, Goodfellas. to Coop in Interstellar because <laughs> it could transcend time and space. That's how good of a movie it is. It's a desert island movie for me as well. Like Not if stay, I, Marty. Martin. <laughs> if I'm going to a desert island with three movies, this is one of them. It absolutely is. I would choose it too. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a desert island, and obviously five stars. And I have the sick ass poster of the the red light while they're digging up the grave of the guy they buried there. Hey, hey, you want a limb? Hey, Henry, got a wing. What do you want, a liver or a wing? <laughs> Henry, <laughs> Henry, Henry. <laughs> where you go? Where are you? Where were you, Henry? <laughs> oh, Henry, where were you, Henry? <laughs> uh. 
Oh my god. I have what's my poster? I have red. I think I have the same poster as you. It's a sick poster. Yep, same poster. So I, I adore you all know we love Goodfellas so much. So that was my last watch of the week. How many have you watched this year? How many movies? I've only been keeping track since. Well, I got it right here. You've watched uh, 97. And I've only been keeping track since, um, I believe, when did I make my letterbox? Let me check. Let me scroll real quick. It hasn't been that long. I started in March. Yeah, March. No, April. April, I started all right, all right, all right. logging movies. Yeah. But so, I mean, I mean, have you watched more than that this year? Well, obviously, because I've only been logging since April. Mm-hmm. So I, all those movies I watched in January, February, March. You gave Amsterdam one star. <laughs> that movie is. Oh Did I give Amsterdam one star? <laughs> one star. That's a little what harsh. Da- what date was that? <laughs> I don't know, bro. That movie. It's better than one star, man. I mean, it's got great filmmaking. You gotta give that more Did than I one give star. It one star. Yeah, yeah you're fucking evil. <laughs> oh well, well, what, what date is that release? I'm just on your films. Oh. I stand by it. That came out in March. I stand by it. You said it's worse than Fast X. Fast X is one and a half, baby. <laughs> one star. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. It was so boring. <laughs> Morbius one. That's like you're the one who gave Babylon two and a half stars on our letterbox. I w- no, I didn't. Yes, Don't did. spread some false information. You did. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I did not give Babylon two and a half. <laughs> That's false. Hold on. Hold on. I don't want to be misquoted. I, ch- I bumped it up to three. Um, three and a half, I Let think. Let me see. I had Hold to change on. it three and a half. I gave it. I gave it a three. On yours? Yeah. See, I know, but on ours, on the Ra- Raiders one. Oh, what'd you what'd you give it? I gave it three and a half, but you you put two and a half when you rated it on the Raiders account. I don't even I don't even know what a Raiders account <laughs> is. You did get you gave it two and a half. I did not. Yes, you did. No, I did not. I did you not. Did you did not. <laughs> I did not hit her. <laughs> did not hit her. Oh, hi, doggy. Hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I had to fix it. I was like, dude, we're getting so much hate. <laughs> hey, man, people have different opinions. It's okay. That's, I, it's I, I, too I, I, well crafted to give two and a half. Yeah, I don't know why you would give it two and a half, Anthony. <laughs> I don't know why you would do that. You might have given it a two, honestly. No. <laughs> it's not true at all. The craftsmanship is too incredible. Oh, it's, yeah. it's astounding. Yeah. It's astounding production. Yeah, it really is. All right, that wraps our letterbox <laughs> recap number 14. Let us know what you've been watching. Again, uh, we always leave prompts on Spotify so you can let us know what your most recent watches are as well as, again, don't forget to vote on the Scorsese movie draft yesterday who has the best team because me and Anthony have a bet going for it. It's the best. It's it's pretty fun. And in addition to our Scorsese draft, our episode for Thursday is going to be we're going to rate the Letterboxd Top 100. Basically react, react to the Yeah, list. not rate it, but like react go over it because like, there's a lot of movies on there. The, and I actually think the list is fantastic because there's so many movies that don't get recognition. Yeah. So we're going to discuss them it's all. It's very different than the IMDb one. And remember, we did this with the – we've done it with IMDb Top 200, and we did it with Empire's shitty Top 100 list as well a couple <laughs> years ago. So this will be fun. I, lo- I love going through big lists of rankings, and especially because it's movie lovers. And it's a, there's a lot of movies I haven't seen on the list. There's a lot of great movies that, I mean, I just added to my watch list. Cool. Because they're, they're very lesser-known movies, and I'm looking forward to watching them. So I learned a lot watching. I went through the list yesterday. You are so knowledgeable now. So, so knowledgeable. Anyways, we hope you have a great day. The best way to support Raiders of the Lost podcast is to share us with your family and friends who love movies. Sit them down, tie them to a chair, and make them listen to our episodes. 
it'd be great. It's the best way for our podcast to grow as well as leaving those five-star ratings and reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. You can find links to all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.